0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. First Kings chapter 17, starting from verse 1. Great. I'm going to read it off the screen now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab as the Lord God of Israel lives whom I serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word <clears throat> then the word of the Lord came to Elijah leave here turn eastward and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan you will drink from the brook and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and, bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make me a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family look at verse 16 just one more verse for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the lord spoken by elijah will you pray with me for a moment father i thank you for your presence here speak today until everything that is not under your domain comes into your domain and obeys the design of jesus christ We command the authority of the word of God to put right everything that is wrong, to make whole anything that's broken, to heal anything that's sick, to accelerate anything that's delayed, and to bring life where there's death, stagnation, and famine. We give you praise in advance for what you're going to do. I thank you where your presence is. No demon, no hell, no, no forces of the enemy can prevail or can manifest itself. So we declare in advance and we worship you for the perfect prevailing will of God, manifesting in and through our lives for the glory of Jesus and the glory of God our Father. Holy Spirit, help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Interesting story, Elijah, uh, the Tishbite, the word Tishbite or the word Tishbe means a wanderer, a wanderer. Elijah, uh, a prophet of God, comes up to Ahab and says these words, As surely as the Lord lives uh, uh, in, in before whom I stand, there shall be neither rain nor dew these years except by my word. Now, the Bible says concerning Ahab that there was never a king as wicked as him even before or after, you know, and that's not a good thing for. <laughs> that's not a good biography to be written about you and say, "Hey, what, what's Ahab like?" Well, he he takes the gold medal for being the most evil king Israel has ever seen. You know, uh, he was not a good man. But Elijah uh, comes up to this this king, King Ahab, and says, "Hey, listen, Ahab, I've got some news for you. Uh, they shall. Uh, there's not going to be any more rain, and there's not going to be any more dew." Watch this, until I say so, not until God say so, except by my word, not the word of the Lord, there will neither be rain nor dew in this land unless I say so, unless I say so. And I realized that, could it be possible that the word of the Lord in your mouth is as powerful as the word of the Lord in his mouth? Could it be possible that sometimes we are not waiting for God, but God is waiting on us to speak anything that He has already said, because anything that He has said that we repeat is as good as His word. If that's the case, then we can stand before any power, any authority, even if he is King Ahab himself, the highest human political authority known in the land, who is very wicked and very evil, married to Jezebel, he stands before him and says, Hey, from now on, how this country functions depends on what I say. Wow. Ooh. Really? Where are you from? Oh, well, I'm a wanderer. <laughs> You know, sometimes when we listen to Christians, all they do is they repeat the BBC, the CNN and Fox News. No, don't do that. Oh, you don't know what's happening in the world today. Trump is the president and Theresa May, I don't know what she's doing with Brexit. It's been a hundred days since we voted. No, no. As a child of God, you carry the word of God. So you speak into being That which God has spoken to you. Because Elijah stands before King Ahab. Sorry, I'm going to use you as King Ahab. But Elijah stands before King Ahab. And Elijah says these words, As surely as the God of Israel lives before whom I stand. Who was he standing before? Was he standing before King Ahab? Or was he standing before the God of Israel? Who was he standing before? Well, the answer is both, but he was more conscious about the God of Israel than the king of the land. As surely as the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, and he's talking to Ahab. And Ahab's going, Where's the other king in the room? I'm the only king in the room. You see, no matter who's in power, we have to be more aware of our king than the king. In parliament or the king on the throne or the kings we elect because no matter how bad or how severe or how ugly or how discouraging things can get, no matter how many newspapers tell us that the NHS is broken and our schools need fixing and the government's running out of money and Brexit's a mess and we don't know what Trump is doing, it does not matter for a child of God because you serve a king that is higher than any other king and it is in his presence that you stand. No matter where you come from. You may be from a village called Tishbe. Which means wanderer. Which means no address. Which means you're a nomad. You're a nobody. But if you've got Jesus. You're in the majority. You have more authority. You have more power and influence than you realize. Could it be possible. That the word of God in your mouth. Is as good as the word of God in God's mouth. And if it is then King's Church needs to make a decision today that we are going to change our confession from this day forward. What would it be like for every 2 o'clock service from 1.30 onwards, by the time we're coming to church we're already saying, today's going to be a good day. Worship is going to be amazing. The sick are going to be healed. Newcomers are going to come. They are going to get saved. The backslidden are going to come home. The broken are going to be set free. What will happen if you started confessing even before you got here instead of watching the guitar and thinking i don't like that song no don't do that don't do that create the future you want to see because the word of god is in your mouth elijah says hey ahab it's not going to be any more rain in this land why because i'm not talking (laughs) i'm going to give you the silent treatment unless i say so it's not going to be rain And you know, (laughs) as soon as he finishes speaking, God speaks to Elijah and says, Elijah, listen, I want you to turn east. It's like a sat nav, isn't it? Turn east and hide by the river Jordan or hide by the Kerith Ravine, by the Jordan and, and, uh, and hide there. Uh, because I've commanded some, some ravens, some crows to feed you there. You see, if, 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 I was, if I was in the palace of King Ahab, I would have tweeted that. I'd taken a picture, selfie with King Ahab, put it on Instagram. I thought, man, good day in the ministry. I've made it. I'm prophesying to kings. But you see, if the word of the Lord came to me and, uh, and God said to me, Hey man, your next season, just go hide. What do you mean go hide? I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I won't tweet that. I won't take a photo of that and put it on Instagram because you are because we just want the glamorous moments. For we just want the world to see all of our highlights and say and some of you are depressed looking at your friends Instagram and Facebook because all they do is take the best moments of their life, add 15 filters on it and then put it online and then you look at it and go, man, I'm going nowhere in life. Everybody is moving on. And I'm just stuck here. But the fact is, when we follow God, some days we're in the palace. But some days we're beside a river and getting fed by crows. But the Bible says Elijah did so. And he went and lived. Can I just tell you, it's important to obey, not just when it's convenient. Not just when it looks good. You know. And some of you heard the announcement about the baptism on the fifth of March, and, and some of you you know, you know you gotta take that step and you think, oh man, in front of everybody, my soul, you know, I'm gonna get soaking wet. What's gonna happen? I've run out of waterproof mascara and like I don't know what's gonna happen, you know. You just gotta do it. Just do it. Do it. Step out, take the step out and say, you know what? I'm gonna obey God. Because the word of God to me is life. The Bible says man does not live by bread. But by what? Every word. Not some words, not many words, not most words. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when God says go to the palace, you go. When God says hide, you hide. When God says get fed by crows, you get fed by crows. Because we have lost our lives and we've given our lives to Jesus. And being a follower of Jesus Christ means radical dependency and radical obedience to Him who has called us. I was in an event a a, a little while ago with uh, a person called Mike Pilavachi. Some of you may have heard of him, but he heads up this movement called the Soul Survivor where thousands of young people uh, give their lives to Jesus every year. And some of you may may have even gone to some of his summer camps and he was just doing a a meeting for leaders and, and he stood there and he said, I have a regret. And we we were we well, I know we have all of our attention. We're like, what well, what 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 regret does Mike Filavacci have? He said, every year I saw thousands and thousands and thousands of young people get saved. Thousands of young people get saved. But I forgot to tell them that it would cost them everything. Following Jesus will cost you everything. This is not a relationship of convenience. It is a complete, total surrender of your will, your desire, your time, your body, your energy, your everything. Because Jesus is not just Savior. He is Lord. He is boss. He is king. And he deserves your respect and your obedience. So he does it. Elijah does it. And uh, can I just say, for those of you who have a desire to grow in the ministry and to grow to be used of God, Learn to treasure and value His words because every moment is a test and sometimes we're eager to obey the the great moments when we know it will give us pleasure and, and, and highlights of success. But sometimes when the Word of God means that you're going into obscurity, it's not so easy to obey but take Him seriously at His Word because that's the kind of stuff with which prophets like Elijah are made. He hides by the river. And the Bible says, I've commanded the widows, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. And I noticed something. And I noticed that God used that sentence in the past tense. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. Meaning, God spoke to the ravens before he spoke to Elijah. That means even though Elijah didn't know what his next step was, God was already two steps ahead of him, planning his breakfast for next week, even before he knew where breakfast was coming from. And sometimes when we follow God, we can get to a place where we're saying, we think we are so responsible for our lives. And we go, where's the bill going to come from? Where's our next bill going to come from? Where's the next thing going to come from? What am I going to do? It looks like it's not going to last till the end of the month. God, is this money going to stretch or not? Can I just tell you something? God knows what you're going to have for breakfast next week. He knows what you're going to have for dinner next month. Because before he talks to you, he's been talking to some ravens to take care of you. That's a word for somebody who has been in pressure under financial constraints and situations. And in the name of Jesus, I release you from that pressure to know God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So you just turn up. Because before I talk to you, I to talk to somebody else about it. Do you know that right now, right this very second, there's conversations God is having about you that you are not even aware of. I have lived long enough and followed Christ long enough to know this for a fact. He often does more behind the scenes than in front of us. And every time we're just going through the dark, wondering where is this leading? Where am I going? All of a sudden you go into a breakthrough. You look back and go, God, you are a genius. You have been setting this up All along, and I had no idea that you were having conversations about me. Can I just tell you, any person that is here and living under the stress and the worry and the care of work, jobs, all of the things concerning finances. I just feel that we need to pray a release and a breakthrough over that into the atmosphere. Shall we do that? In the name of Jesus. Anybody who's worried about their job, their career, their money, bills, anyone. Come on. There's no shame in this. Just lift your hands. That's most of you in this room. Wow as most of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every fear of poverty. I rebuke every fear of lack. I rebuke every fear of not knowing how the week is going to turn out and how the month is going to turn out. In the name of Jesus, I release faith today to know, Lord, you have got our next steps in mind, even though we don't know it. Thank you that even right now, you're having conversations to make sure that the provision that is necessary is coming let this be a year of expansion acceleration promotions increased wealth businesses flourishing jobs and securities increasing in your people because it is your desire and your goodwill to do so i release that in the name of jesus amen, amen. i've commanded a widow to feed you i've commanded the ravens to feed you that so she goes and hides by the river And uh, he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the river. And ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Bread and meat in the evening. Watch this. And he drank from the river. It's good, isn't it? Bread and steak in the morning. Bread and steak in the evening. And drink from the river. After a while, the the brook dried up. Because there was no rain in the land. Now, whose fault is that? The brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. How many of you have ever taken a step of obedience and you thought, I'm going to be so blessed because of this. You know, and then you take that step of obedience and you go, Ouch. Ouch. Some of you have been praying, praying, saying, God, I want to get married, I want to get married, I want to get married. And then this gorgeous-looking person walks towards you. You think, oh, you start speaking in tongues, you get married, and you think, this is amazing. And then you get married, and a year later, you go, ouch. Now, don't look at the person next to you. If that person's your spouse, your husband, or wife, don't do that. Don't do that. What do you do? when the inconvenience you're facing today is the result of the obedience of yesterday, what do you do when the inconvenience you're facing today is the result of the obedience of yesterday? And you see, rivers don't dry up overnight. Rivers come, uh, the, the water level goes down and down, it goes into a trickle, and then, and the, and then the water bed becomes moist and then the water bed dries up. But the Bible says the river dried up, meaning all along Elijah is sitting there watching the river drying up, and God says nothing. And 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 I, I looked at this and I said, God, wh- why why couldn't you just talk to him before it got dry? You know, just to say, Elijah, hey, listen, man, as you can see. It's down to a trickle now. You probably won't get water tomorrow. So come on. Let's get moving. No, no, no. God, there's this absolute silence from God until the whole riverbed becomes dry. And then God speaks. You see, sometimes God will keep us waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But with our eyes, we're seeing it getting dry and drier. And drier and drier, and God you'll be like God, any, anything now, any word, any word, anyway, word. so you come to church on a Sunday, you go up for prayer, and you go up for prayer, and, and you thought you hope to get a word, and the word I oh, think man there's no, nothing what, whats why nothing is changing in my situation, and you 're hoping, and you 're hoping and you're hoping that there will be somehow there is a change, there is somehow there is a change, there is somehow there is a change, there's somehow there is a change. there's somehow, there is a change, but you see. Sometimes the reason God keeps you waiting is because your life is not just about you. Your life is connected to other people. And, and God had to get the timing of that word right in order for him to connect with a lady who was gathering sticks at the edge of a gate and about to either die of suicide or die of starvation. We don't know. She says, I've got one last meal. I'm going to eat it and then I'm going to die. But sometimes when we see the dryness in our own life and we go, God, why can't you replenish me? Why can't you do something? Why can't you speak now? And he keeps you waiting. Every time he keeps you waiting for a good thing, it's probably a sign that there's other people involved who will have to benefit from the miracle that's coming your way. Jesus said it this way. His friend Lazarus was ill. And they sent a message to him and said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is ill. And, and, and please come quickly. Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to delay it a bit. And he says, the reason I'm doing this is for your sake. So by the time Jesus turns up in Lazarus's house, the bloke is dead. He's in the grave for four days and Jesus raises him from the dead but you see at the end of that miracle it was not just that Lazarus was ill and he got healed the Bible says the glory of God was manifest and many Jews believed in him could it be possible that some of the delays in your life are not because of you but because of the glory of God we sing about it saying God show me your glory I want to see your glory we get on our knees and we pray for it say God I want to know your glory I want to see your glory. But sometimes God answers that by taking you through a dry spell, by taking you through moments of silence and you pray and you pray and the heaven seems shut off. It's not because you've done anything wrong. This This is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. So he goes and receives a word again, past tense. I have commanded a widow to feed you where in Zarephath past tense. I have commanded a widow to feed you. Go right now to Zarephath. You need to go. So Elijah gets up from the river says, okay, next stop Zarephath. So he puts that into satnav goes to Zarephath. He gets to Zarephath and, um, he see, he comes to the edge of the, of the city. And there's a woman there gathering a few sticks, <clears throat> um, gathering a few sticks and, uh, and, uh, and she says, uh, uh, and Elijah calls to her and says, Hey, uh, bring me a little water in a vessel that I might drink. I looked up the map, and, and, and it's, not a, it's not a short distance from, 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 from the river to, to Zarephath. It's not a short walk. It's quite a lengthy walk, and the terrain is quite hot and dry. It's a desert. So he had a long walk, you know. So he gets to there and says, uh, Hey, uh, can you give me some water, please? And uh, and she she goes, oh, what? I can fix that. So she starts going to her house. He says, oh, by the way, um, could you also get me some bread? And uh, she says, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar, a little oil in a jug. Now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. Now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't God just say... I have commanded a widow to feed you there. Now, if I was Elijah, I hope I'm not stupid, but if I was Elijah, I'm hoping for a woman to stand in Zarephath with a a placard with the name Elijah on it saying, You must be Elijah. I've been expecting you. Thank you for coming. Please follow me. I've got plenty of food in my house. Wouldn't you be thinking that? Because that's what happened previously. I have commanded a widow to feed you there. He turns up and looks at this woman. This woman wants to die. At the very least, I'm hoping her to be a woman who knows somebody who has food. She doesn't have food for herself or her son. And she says she's going to die. Why did I make all of this journey if all I'm going to do is die? I could have died by the river. What do you do when the promise of God looks like death? What do you do when God's best is around the corner and you think, man, let me ask you, let me, let me honestly ask you this question. Have you ever felt ah, simultaneously that your greatest day was just around the corner at the same time you feel that your life might be falling apart at the same, all at the same time? Oh, I'm not the only one. Thank you, Jesus. You know why that is? Because the promise of God does not always look like the promise of God. I'll say that again. The promise of God does not always look like the promise of God. Because you see, every time we receive a prophetic word or receive a promise, we have an expectation of how it's going to come to us. But sometimes the promise of God will come to us in the form of an opportunity. And that opportunity often will be a place where another person has the very same need that you have. And so, for instance, if you are in a place where you're thinking, God, I've been single for a long time, and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and Lord, it would be nice if I found somebody to settle down with, uh, that would be fantastic, please. Thank you very much. And uh, you pray that prayer, and and, and and you know what happens? Somebody comes to church, and and they're engaged. And, and part of you wants to be happy for them, but part of you is like, God, Really? like you know and uh, and then you go I'm so happy for you but in your in you you're in yourself you're dying because you're thinking come on when's my turn Jesus oh oh a brand new Christian comes to church they they haven't been walking with God long they've been praying for a job oh I prayed for a job yesterday I got one today they think no man come on I've been praying for a long time for a job and See, sometimes God, I think, wants us to celebrate what we lack when he sees, when we see God doing the same thing in somebody else. So can I tell you something? If you're sick in your body, celebrate every time somebody else gets healed. If you're looking for a job, celebrate every time somebody else gets a job. If you're looking to, 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 to have a, a, a relationship with somebody and, and, and find your own life partner, every time something like that happens to somebody else, rather than being bitter and looking intrinsic and going, oh, when's my turn and throwing a pity party and going home and watching Bridget Jones, celebrate, <laughs> celebrate, celebrate. <laughs> Say, Jesus, thank you very much. I am so glad you did it for her. I thank you. Mine's just around the corner. And we've got to celebrate the opportunities God gives us to to, to, to celebrate the work that God is doing. Celebrate the work that God's doing. A couple of um, years ago, um, (laughs) um, another church in our town, decided to relocate to maybe 200 yards down from where we were into a school. And so all the leaders of the community, or not all the leaders, one of the leaders of the community uh, who was consulting on the whole thing came to me and said, did you hear the other church is just moving down the road from you? They're only 200 yards away. What do you think about that? I said, I love it absolutely love it i think it's the greatest thing and it's the greatest blessing to this community i said you know what if every person in our town got saved our two churches wouldn't be big enough to hold them anyway so the more the many tell them to come we celebrate anything and everything that god's doing we have to be kingdom minded about these things we do we do she says, "Go." well, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have anything. I don't, I don't have anything. I just have a little flower, a little joy. So here is the million-dollar question. Look at the person next to you and say, he's about to ask the million-dollar question. He's about to ask the million-dollar question. Here's the million-dollar question. How? How? How did Elijah know this was the woman? That's the million-dollar question. Because A, she's not rich, B, she has no food, C, she doesn't know anybody who has food, and D, she wants to die, you know, you know. So at that moment, a Christian like me is thinking, I've either heard God wrong, or I need to look for another woman. Come on, honestly, isn't that what you're going to do? How did Elijah know this was a woman? Can I have some music in the background? I want to tell you how he knew this was the woman. And this is the greatest lesson we will need as a church to continue in the journey that God has for us. Bring me a little water and bring me a morsel, in the bread, a morsel of bread. Behold, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour and a, in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm now gathering... A couple of sticks for myself that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and we may die. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent. The jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain On the land. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and her house ate for many days. The flour did not fail, the jug of oil did not get empty, according to the word of the Lord. You see, in Zarephath, story number one, Elijah was by the river and he got fed by ravens. I don't know if you know this, but ravens are scavengers, they don't share food, they fight for food. It contradicts the very nature of ravens to share food. Why? Because God designed them that way. God designed ravens to be scavengers so they don't share food. But God spoke a word that contradicted His very design. His design. God spoke a word that violated His DNA. To feed Elijah. Story number two. Hands up if you're a mom in this house. No good mom. No good parent, No good dad. Will ever think of feeding a stranger. When they know their own child is going to die of hunger. No one. Which parent has time to stand and talk to a stranger and a foreigner and think about getting them water and getting them bread and going home and baking a meal for a complete stranger they have not met and they have no reference point of when they know that their own child is dying. It contradicts all laws of motherhood and it all laws of fatherhood. Why? Because it is by design that moms are meant to be caring. It's by design that dads are meant to be caring. It contradicted the nature of the widow to even think about Elijah, to even have a conversation with Elijah. You see, my point, my friends, is is not that this happened once or twice, but throughout the pages of the Bible, it kept pointing to a day when it would happen again, when it would contradict the very nature of a good father to ignore His son, when he was being spat upon, they spat on his son. He did nothing. They stripped his son for no fault of his. He did nothing. They whipped his back and he did nothing. What good parent does that when he's all powerful? They nailed his hands and he did nothing, not even a word. They nailed his feet. And he did nothing. It contradicts the very nature of the goodness of the father's heart to remain silent to watch his begotten son slapped, spit upon, whipped, nailed, shouted abuses at. What good father does that? You see, my friends, this here is a picture of what would happen one day. When the Bible says in the most remarkable verse I have ever read in all of scripture. It pleased the father to crush him with pain. What? It pleased the father to crush the lamb of God with pain? Why? For you. For me. I'll tell you this. The only thing you and I need is the assurance that 2,000 years ago when Jesus stretched out his hands and they nailed his hands and nailed his feet, pierced his side, put a crown of thorns on his head. The Bible says these words that they beat him to a point of beyond human resemblance. Meaning when you looked at the cross, you didn't even know whether that was a human being. You just thought that was a thing. The father kept silent. When that happens. It's a sign. That the oil. And the flour. Will perpetually. Never ever fail. I'll tell you one thing you and I need. And that's the assurance. That we've been given in the book of Romans. If he did not withhold his son. And gave himself up for us. Will he not also give everything else? Won't he do Come on. If he killed his son for you. Won't he do everything? Come on. Bills? Come on. Children? Babies? Come on. Church? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. For thus says the word of the Lord. The jar of oil will not fail. And your flour will not be empty. Until the Lord sends rain on the land, I've come here to announce that because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's death, and because of the most phenomenal act in human history, where a father decided to remain silent even when his son said, "My dad, my dad, why, why have you forsaken me?" Even then, he could have spoke. Said, "Son, don't worry, I'm here." No, he kept silent. Why? All of the punishment. Of your sin and my sin. Your disease and my disease. Your curse and my curse. Your pain and my pain. It was put upon Jesus. And lash after lash after lash. When he took it on his body. You and I can now walk free. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. He deserves our praise. He deserves our honor. He deserves our worship. He deserves everything we've got. He deserves it. He loved even me, even you. There was an unlimited supply. I want to show you one last thing. The Bible says, the woman was at the gate gathering a few sticks. Everyone say few sticks. Some versions say a couple of sticks. Why a couple of sticks? How much, how many sticks do you need for one last meal? Because the sticks are things that she used or she would go and use to make a fire to cook the meal. You, you're with me so far? A few sticks, couple of sticks. But, but the Bible says, the Bible says, she and he and her household. for many days now if she knew that was coming how many sticks do you think she'd have needed every time we come to a revelation of Calvary the generosity of the father who did not withhold his son but gave us the most precious gift it will set us free from what I call a few sticks mentality a few sticks I'm just going to get by just gonna get by. Just gonna get by. It's just me. Just me. No! Jesus died for you! Not only are you gonna live, not only is your family gonna live, but you're gonna be a distribution center of God's goodness to many people because of the cross. And I was praying and preparing, I felt God prompt me to just to challenge you to say, don't come with low expectation to church. Don't go through this year with low expectation. When vision is is shared for for this church, for this year, when the word of God is coming, don't sit here with a few sticks mentality thinking, oh, it's just one last meal. Oh, it's just just Tuesday, you know, kings on the streets. Just the 5th of March, just baptism Sunday, you know. No, 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 no. This could potentially be world-changing. This could potentially be world-changing. That's how Elijah knew she was the woman. Because it's not so much about the woman, or the stick, or the meal, or the river, or the birds. From Genesis to Revelation, my friends, it has always been, and it will always be, about the Lamb who was slain from the foundations of the world. And we read in the book of Revelation, John the Apostle weeping and saying... I cried because none was found worthy to open these scrolls. And somebody came up to me and said, don't weep. Behold the lion of Judah. And I turned and I looked and I saw a lamb that was slain. Hey, from the beginning to the very end, it has always been about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. The lamb that was slain. And when we finish our life on earth and we spend eternity with God in heaven, it will even then always be about the Lamb that was slain. Give Him praise in the house today. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.